Welcome to the I Can Podcast, where we discuss all things blindness-related, including, but not limited to, technology, issues, and other topics. I hope you enjoy! This month, we're talking well and well to see. Don't forget, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, such as included but not limited to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the latest models of the Victor Reader. Hi, I'm Brandy Kubel. Careers Plus is designed for young adult and high school students to prepare for high school, middle school, college, and their career of choice. The goal of this podcast is to advocate and educate while fostering a sense of confidence in youth to pursue college and the careers of their choice through interactive, dynamic learning experiences. All right, my name is Miguel. My name is Ana Wisma. I'm Lex Ariola. Hi, my name is Patricia Figueroa. My name is Lisa Lloyd. I am Natalie Charles. My name is Logan Barantes. My name is Kerman Ho. Hi, my name is Anjali. I am the music composer for this podcast. Please like and subscribe and hit the notification bell to never miss any of our uploads. Now, on to our episode. As you may or may not know, January is National Braille Literacy Month. Recently, the folks at Careers Plus have been having discussions about their experience with Braille, the importance of Braille literacy, technology, and reflecting on their own experience. So I remember that I was three years old and I was just learning how to read Braille. And I wrote my first Braille assignment. Well, it wasn't really an assignment because it was preschool, but it was a piece of Braille and I wrote the letter X at home because my teacher wanted me to write the letter X for some reason. So I did that. And I remember reading it back and knowing that it was the letter X and it was really cool because I just wrote a whole page of X's by myself on an electric railer. And my favorite book is the Harry Potter series. It's not really a book, but it's a series. And it's because, one, it's about magic, because I love magic. And two, that was the first long series that I ever read in Braille. My aunt bought me books five, six, and seven, and I still have them. And I got the rest from the Braille Center, which was really cool. I got to read Baptist's books. I enjoy reading because it makes me feel Sorry, I don't remember the, the book, but when I was able to just finish that book, it just felt great. It's like, oh, wow. I mean, it was, I wasn't the fast, as fast as I wanted to be. <laughs> you know, you never, you know, when you're first starting off and you know, you're still learning, but uh, it just felt, it felt great. It felt great to just, you know, go through that book and um, in Braille and just knowing that, hey, I could pick up a, you know, a book in Braille and, and, and just sit on the couch like anybody else instead of um, having a 40-pound CCTV on a desk and staring at a screen. <laughs> the first book that I completed in Braille, I was much, much younger than I am now. I think I was like two or three, but it was called... Well, I don't know if it was the very first book, but I remember one of the ones that I completed was... Um, Jennifer's message 
and it was just a tactile book with pictures, but it had um, like it was double spaced, of course, but like it was short, so I was able to finish it. I was happy. I guess I was able to finish it. It was probably one of those that Natalie was describing, like a tactile kind of where there's braille and like pictures, but I don't specifically, I don't know which one it was. So I can't, I couldn't tell you a title. I was too little. I really liked reading Junie B. Jones as a child. <laughs> I loved the, the series. It was so funny. I started getting it read to and then I joined the NLS by like one of my teachers and I started reading it physically. So I really, I really enjoyed being able to actually read it versus having it read to me because then I was able to see, like actually feel the, the stuff. My favorite book is Straight It Up. It is a recipe book. My favorite recipe is a recipe for doggy treats. Um, one of the things that I really, that really excited me when I discovered, um, they, they call them twin vision books or print braille books. I really got excited about those, especially because I'm a parent. Because uh, you know, my my daughter when she was younger, I didn't I didn't know that these were out here. And she would ask me all the time, "Hey, Dad, can you read me this book?" Uh, I had to tell her no. You know, Mom was working at the time, and you know, I was home with her, so I was a stay-at-home dad as well for a little bit. <laughs> so uh, it was it was it was hard to to tell her, "No, I can't. I'm sorry." And she didn't understand. She's only you know two three years old. She doesn't understand. So when I discovered the Twin Vision books, from Real books, I got really excited. And now I have some at, at home. I have like Goodnight Moon, uh, which is a popular one. I read to my kids and uh, just uh, the different books that are available through the, um, the Sacramento Braille and Talking Book Library. I would get books from there. So I could read that to my kids, Dr. Seuss and you know, all these different books. And so that's something that uh, I really enjoy because then I could my kids can follow along and I can I can read it to them. You know, they can see the pictures and I can read them the braille. From one of my classes, uh, uh, I did a project where I had to create, or I decided to create a twin vision book. So we, we had to transcribe something. So I chose to uh, transcribe a book and I created a, my own twin vision book. So I made the labels. There's like this these clear labels, you get through APH and you can put them in your braille writer type on them, cut them out, um, or you can use other labels and then stick them onto the book. And my wife and kids helped me with it. And so um, I was able to create my own Twin Vision book. Now I can read that book to my kids as well. September, 1994, I was 23 years old at the Orientation Center for the Blind Library. I can still remember the smell. And it was the Velveteen Rabbit. And I was sitting on the floor of the third row of bookshelves. Um, and I read The Velveteen Rabbit from front to back. And I felt like I had just climbed Mount Everest. And it was just The Velveteen Rabbit, but it doesn't matter because I finished it. And my Braille teacher, I, I said, can we do this in the library? Because I like the way the library smells. And I read it out loud to him and he had tears in his eyes because I had started learning Braille literally in 1993. Um, and it was almost the end of 95. So it took me two years just to read, learn grade one Braille. I can't, can't can. Logan Barantes is a college student studying computer programming at Gavlin College who happens to be visually impaired. 
and is hoping to get into the field of video game development with an emphasis on accessibility. Braille is a wonderful system that has helped blind and visually impaired people all around the world read. But have you ever wondered where it came from? Braille is a system of one to six dot cells that can be combined to form a variety of letters, numbers, or other special characters, which comes from Paris, France, around 1824. Its inventor, Louis Braille, who was blinded by an awl at the age of three, came up with the system while attending school at the National Institute for Blind Youth in Paris. After learning of a similar system referred to as night riding, developed by a man named Charles Barbier, in which an individual could use their finger to read. However, it offered its own challenges as it used a 12-dot system with 6 by 6 cells, meaning it was much harder to read with just your fingertip. But Louis was inspired and began experimenting with the system until at the age of 15, Louis Braille had found a system that worked. However, the system was slow to be adopted. While many other students enjoyed this new system, it took longer for it to be officially accepted. The standard system of reading at the time was embossed letters that, while better than nothing, was difficult to use in mass. Louis Braille's instructor was even let go when he presented the history in France in Braille instead of the standard embossed system. Later in his life, Louis Braille himself became an instructor at the Institute for Blind Youth where he taught this system. It wasn't until 1854, two years after Louis Braille's death, that his former school adopted the system. It wasn't ad adapted to English until 1932, when representatives from Great Britain and the United States met to set up a common system, doing so again in 1957 to do the same with grade two, a version of Braille that shortens words to save room on a page. Braille is an amazing system, and hopefully I was able to help you learn something new. Natalie Charles is a recent graduate of California School for the Blind, CSB, at Newark Memorial High School. She is an active member of the American Printing House for the Blind, APH, Career Connect Student Advisory Committee. And she recently wrote a blog called My Braille Journey, which was featured on the APH Career Connect website. Natalie also mentors and tutors students in their learning of Braille. Her dream is to increase the percentage of students who are proficient in breath. According to an article by Sonia Sharp of the Los Angeles Times, most blind kids can't read Braille. The Perkins Brailler made its debut in 1951 in the middle of a, quote, blindness epidemic caused by oxygen therapy for premature infants forced the rapid integration of visually disabled students into American classrooms. Today, fewer than 10% of visually disabled Americans can write and read tactile scripts. Up until the Braille Challenge, kids simply were not getting enough access to technology for Braille. Right now, with all the Braille technology that is available, it is easier than ever for a kid to access Braille. In 1972, the Supreme Court extended the protections of Brown versus the Board of Education, the landmark school's integration to disabled students. 
1975, the Education for All Handicapped Children Act, now called the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, gave disabled students the right to learn in public schools. Visually, disabilities are also rare compared to other disabilities like autism. Braille, by contrast, is mandated for all visually disabled students, except where such instruction is inappropriate. Yet today, only 16% of students who can learn Braille do. Your Braille literacy skills put you one step closer down your path to employment. Fewer than 10% of the 1.3 million people who are legally blind in the U.S. are Braille readers. Furthermore, a mere 10% of blind children are learning it. Each year, as many as 75,000 people lose all or part of their vision. I also wrote a blog which was featured on the APH Career Connect website and it talks about my Braille journey and how I had a gradual start to learning Braille at a young age. It is also about my journey through life while continuing to learn Braille and about how I now mentor other kids with their learning of Braille. I like doing it and I hope to help more kids with learning it. I really prefer reading hard copy. However, the National Library Service lends out these Braille displays that are 20 cells and you could read books on them that you download from any website that you get books for the blind, such as NLS Bard or Bookshare. I can't. Miguel Venegas works for the Stockton Unified School District as a Braille transcriber. He also assists an entrant TVI teacher of the visually impaired. Miguel is pursuing his master's in special education and a TBI credential at SFSU. Miguel has retinitis pigmentosa, also known as RP. So just to share a little bit about myself. So I'm, I'm married. My wife is sighted. I have three biological kids. They're all sighted as well. Um, my daughter does have glasses, though. She has amblyopia in the left eye. Amblyopia is also known as like a wandering eye or lazy eye. So I grew up um, with some vision. Um, I started really losing my vision when I was in junior high. And that's when I started learning Braille. So I started learning Braille probably about seventh or eighth grade. At the time they had diagnosed my brother and I, I have a twin brother who has the exact same condition as I do. And we're actually mirror twins. So I was born left-handed. He was born right-handed, but I'm right-handed because of the, just the Mexican culture. Left-handed is bad luck, I guess. <laughs> so uh, I was told my uncle would give me chile if I used my right hand, my, my left hand when I was little. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm a little ambidextrous though. Uh, so I can use my left hand for something. But yeah, so we were diagnosed, so I would say around 12 years old, I think, with macular degeneration and RP. And then I was later diagnosed with just RP, but it's RPE2, um, which is more of, um, they say rod cone dystrophy, but it's more of the cones. So it affects like the details and color. And I also have cataracts that set in um, several years ago. But yeah, so I started learning Braille, um, all throughout high school, Braille technology, O&M, I was getting all, all that. Of course, I didn't want to use my cane in high school, trying to hide it. But uh, I still had like those, I still have pretty thick glasses though. Yeah, I was mainstreamed and the, the TBI from my county would come in, um, I think two to three times a week. 
And yeah, and I, uh, something that, that was really cool that happened because I was really into sports growing up. I studied martial arts, I liked baseball a lot, and football, hockey, you name it. I just enjoyed sports. But I, I was bummed out when I started high school because that's when my vision really started to decline and I couldn't join the sports that I wanted to. They're like, oh, well, you can go, you can swim or do wrestling. And well, I didn't really like swimming. But a cool thing was that I, I earned my my letter for like for a letterman's jacket you know how you have that letterman jacket and you know that most mostly the athletes wear those and they put like the letter on there um i actually earned mine in academics so i got my, my letter for academics and then after high school i went to the davidson center in la now known as the wayfinder center in la and then yeah the residential center in la that was really fun um that's when i really um started using my cane out in public because everybody just busted out their canes and I was like, oh, they don't care that people know that they have a white cane. <laughs> so it was really cool to get, you know, to start developing those relationships with those um, individuals that were, you know, they were uh, a little older than I was. Um, you know, just those those adults that I could, I can, I can talk to. And I was there for about, I would say about five, six months because I already had done a lot of Braille and technology and O&M throughout high school. And then I started college after that. And uh, I was using uh, ZoomText. I was probably like ZoomText 2.0 at that time, I don't know. <laughs> it was a while back. Uh, but I was using ZoomText and CCTVs and you know all the different technology. I didn't really use Braille that much at that time because I still was using the, the magnification. I mean, I wish I would have kept up with my Braille because if you don't use it for a while, you know that saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, but then I got back into it um, later on when I was looking for, for work and I got hired with the school district. So I was kind of like doing Braille for a while and then not doing it and then coming back to it. You know, once I started working with the school district, I earned my certificate in UEB, a certificate in the Nemeth Code. Um, I took whatever courses I could take to learn, you know, all about Braille and formatting and just the various things. And then learning about tactile graphics and how to create those and the different types of software that are out there. So it's just a great tool to have. It's so, it's so important. And uh, I took the NFB course. Um, I'm not quite finished yet. As you guys know, I started the graduate program at SFSU uh, last year. Um, this will be my fourth semester now. So I'm... Uh, you know, pursuing, pursuing my master's and uh, TBI credential. So the NFP program, yeah, it's certification. It's through the National Library of Congress. So you're certified nationwide. It's uh, through correspondence. They'll send you things in the mail. And of course, my stuff was all in Braille. So the books were like, you know, all these different books. Because <laughs> there's like, uh, there's a ton of lessons you have to do. Um, uh, on average, it takes about two, two and a half years to complete that. Just because you're sending your stuff and then they send it back and you have to make any corrections. And then, so now uh, I work as a transcriber for the Stockton School District. I've been there, this is my seventh school year. I started in 2016 and uh, it's been great. It's been great just with all the kids and just just getting that experience with, with different children. The TBI that I work with, he's very proactive. He went from a caseload when I first started with him. I think about 25, which is still quite a bit. <laughs> it's still quite high to about 60 because he's constantly child finding. Um, you know, whenever he walks into a room, he, he automatically looks at kids' eyes. I jumped on the NFB. Um, I, I actually moved up to Manteca, which is just south of Stockton in 2010, um, just a little bit after I got married. 
I moved up here. Um, and then how I got into the NFB um, was through beat baseball. Uh, I found out that there's there's a you know blind baseball team, and I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to go and you know start getting into you know some sports and and playing and. So I went out to a, a practice and oh my gosh, I, I, I couldn't tell you how good it felt to hit a ball again. <laughs> this last year for San Joaquin County, I was elected the uh, vice president of the chapter. So I'm the vice president of the um, San Joaquin chapter. And then I also got involved with other chapters. So I'm also part of the at-large Latino chapter. Um, so it primarily focuses on Spanish speakers or, or bilingual. So as you can tell, um, I like to be involved. <laughs> I like to uh, connect with others and just, you know be a part of you know all sorts of different things. Um, just like with you guys, when I joined you guys in 2020 in March, um, I joined you guys and never looked back because I just saw how great this program was for for our youth. Because it's something I never had growing up, junior high, high school, uh, college. And um, I just had to connect everybody and anybody that I knew with you guys. If you would like more information, please visit the Careers Plus page at societyfortheblind.org. You can also email us at iCanPod at societyfortheblind.org. That's E-Y-E-C-A-N-P-O-D at societyfortheblind.org. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.